What's going on guys? Another episode of 2BD, the podcast in quarantine. Um, for this episode, I kind of wanted to get some testimony from uh, somebody who's actually working in the midst of all of this. Um, I spoke to a good friend of mine and also um, a firefighter at Ladder 11 in Newark on um, some of the challenges that they're facing now with what's going on with the pandemic, as well as his own personal story and how he became a firefighter and why he chose that route. So um, stay tuned. I got a great interview coming up for you guys. And um, as always, what comes next is to be determined. Welcome back to the 2BD Podcast with your host as always, Royal Thomas II. And as I explained earlier in the intro, I got a very special guest with me right here. Do you want to introduce yourself, special guest? Uh, yeah, why not? Um, what's going on, everyone? My name is Marquise Lester. Um, I, w- I guess you could say a good friend from Royal, a good friend of Royal we met a couple years ago. Um, and I'm a first responder. I'm a firefighter in the city of North New Jersey, uh, stationed at Ladder 11 um, on South 9th Street. And as we always do with this 2BD podcast, we start off the episode with two questions. And that first question is, um, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Yo, I, honestly, it's, it's crazy to say, but I, I didn't see myself being here. Where, where I'm at now. I mean, my, my dad was a firefighter. Um, so I kind of, in a way, grew up in the firehouse environment, you know, going to visit him and stuff. Um, but honestly, I, I didn't see myself here at all. Um, I've always had a passion for video games. And growing up, I kind of saw myself in that type of field, whether it was playing them professionally or uh, um, as I grew older, you know, learning about, the, the technicality behind developing video games and, and kind of falling in love with that. Right. So uh, that was my initial passion. Um, and I guess throughout my high school journey, I, I, I at some point straight away from that. And um, one of my biggest supporters, you know, non-family members, of course, um, was actually my gym teacher, ironically. And so my passion for sports, as well as, wanted to play the same role that my gym teacher played in my life, um, wanted to play that role in other young men and women's lives, um, kind of prompted me to go into that field. So I, I started with physical education um, in college, and, uh, you know, slowly I found that, that the college wasn't really for me. Financially, uh, it was it was a bit of a burden, and I wasn't invested into it. So I, I kind of straight away, I, I, took the, the, I took it upon myself to, you know, um, put that off for a little bit, um, because again, I, w- I, w- I felt like I was just wasting money at that point. You know, right. to be spending you know so much money and not be completely vested into it. I told myself that I would eventually come back, and um, you know, the time that I took off, I-, I worked a lot of retail. And ironically, when the, the test rolled around, you know, my dad being in the field, he kind of had the inside scoop, and he notified me that you know the test was going to be rolling around. And initially, I, I took it um, just because it was a $35 application. And I, honestly, I had nothing to lose at that point, you know? Mm. And um, so, what's like, so I, I took the. What's the process as far as um, joining 
in the fire? So it, it's it's relatively simple. Um, you you uh, you sign up. You fill out a small application, given minor information pertaining to your previous job, like any other job application. You know, you give references. You tell about your past education, um, and and sort. And uh, they get back to you, and they give you a test date. And uh, the test is is pretty much basic. I want to say probably high school reading, writing, mathematics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and once you take that test, you're giving your results and you're, you're given a rank. And the way I took it was um, a bit different from how it had been in the past. In the past, your, your physical factored into your overall score. Um, so they have like an obstacle course that you run. And if you run it in under three minutes, you know, you're kind of like a, a superb athlete. So they factor that into your score. When I took it, though, um, my my physical wasn't factored into my score at all. The physical was a pass or fail, so you had to run it in five minutes. So again, let's, let's from the top. It started with the the application. You were given a test. Right. Um, based on your score, how you scored on the test, you were given a rank. And as your your uh, your local municipality, you know, went through the different ranks, they would eventually give you a call. And once you were given that call. You would uh you would take the physical. The physical was a pass or fail, and then you would fill out another application. Now this application was a bit more in depth. You know they wanted to know everything from um from it, it, had you had any uh any uh any police interactions, not even like incarceration or anything like that. Like any police interactions they want to know about any um. Have you, had you ever lose any drugs? Had you ever gotten in trouble in school? Like, they wanted to know everything. And right. they were going to do background searches on all of that. And that's just to, you know, ensure that they're getting, you know, good people, you know, at the end of the day. They wanted to know the reason as to why you, you, you wanted to be a, um, a, um, a first responder and um, and all of that. Right. And uh, ironically, ironically, so... As I was writing the um, the application, like I said, they asked, you know, why you wanted to be a, a, a firefighter, and I, 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 you know, I had to over exaggerate just a little bit because I couldn't tell them that I had no intentions of being a firefighter growing up. Right, right, right. right. And um, it kind of dawned on me that maybe this was like something that I was like kind of destined to do. Like, I, I, it was we, it was weird because, like, even walking around the house, like you, you, you see all my dad's firefighter paraphernalia and right. just being around it you don't pay attention to the signs until it's like oh wait this, this makes sense yeah and, you don't, you you don't know, realize as, like how it's how it's almost like planning itself on you as exactly you're exactly it's like it's in the back of your mind when you get older right and um and and like every other young man you know you grow up idolizing superheroes and and mine was always batman and and I, I wasn't like an over infatuation with it, but in the back of my head, you know, superheroes were always cool. Right. And in real life, being a firefighter or or, or a, a police officer or even an EMT paramedic, those things are the closest things that we get to superheroes nowadays. So I'm just like, yeah, this is all in this is all in the plan. And 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 when I tell you like this career is just like changed my life, it's changed everything. Like I'm. I'm completely in love with it. I'm I'm in love with the relationships I've built. I'm in love with fighting fires. Like it, it's awesome. It's awesome, man. I love it so much. And I, I at this point I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Like mm-hmm. it's like 
I still may, uh, don't get me wrong, my passion for sports and my passion for video games will and always, will always be there. Right, They'll right. always be present, but firefighting is just, so it's, it's a different animal, man. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, honestly. And, and on top of all of that, the, the craziest part is like, I mean, not to say, you know, me and my dad had a, had a bad relationship of any sort. You know, we had our disagreements, especially as me being a young man and testosterone, flaring, alpha males, whatever the case might be. But becoming a firefighter has given me so much insight as to how he thinks. Like, he, he grew up, he grew into this field. So his mentality, everything kind of developed surrounding the information that he gained, you know, during his years as a firefighter. And, you know, me having gained some of that knowledge as well, you know, through studying and, and, and sorts, um, I'm kind of like more informed as to why he thinks the way he thinks or why he does the things he does, you know? Mm, so it kind so of gives you a better, a better understanding of his points of view. and Without a doubt. Right, right. Um, is he still involved in the fire department? Or he's is he not. And- he's not. Yeah, so he's retired. Um, I started, well, I, I started my entire firefighter journey in, uh, and I want to say July of 2015 is when I filled out the initial application. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't get the call back till probably, well, I started the academy in, um, in, no, I'm sorry. I filled out the application in August of 15. I started the academy in July of 17. He retired in February of 17. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's almost like he kind of made way for me to come in, which was, which was crazy in itself. Like his retirement inevitably led to me, to me getting the position, you know? Right. Because it was, it was time for those guys who had enough time to leave in order to make room for the newer generation. Mm-hmm. But it would have been an awesome thing for me to have gotten the opportunity to work with him. It probably would have drove me nuts just knowing the way he is, you know? Right, like, right. Dads always have higher that expectations for their son, so... But it's it's dope nonetheless, you know? Still, I still come home and, you know, talk to him about different stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Now, with... um. With what you said, how this is almost has been like a dream for you, how you're getting to um, almost be a superhero in your own view and like fighting these fires. This is a passion that you now have of your own. Um, have you ever thought with what's going on in um, the world today and America specifically, have you ever thought you'd be in the middle of something like this? You know what? It's... <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so my dad always told me that art replicates life. And by that, um, I think he meant, you know, things like movies and, 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 and media sources and, and whatnot, they, they, they imitate life. So somebody's getting this idea, this information from somewhere. Um, it's not coming, I mean, it could be imagination, but realistically, you know, this is information that's coming from somewhere. So things like things that have been trending over the past few years, like, I don't know, zombies or even like crazy pandemics and outbreaks, um, have been in the media for years. And I, I feel like those were all just signs, like kind of alluding to this in a way. Um, so in the back of my mind, I kind of always prepare myself. And then ironically, um, so a notice came out, I want to say, uh, it might've been a little over a year ago, but they wanted people to get checked out for this. Uh, I, I can't give you the, the particular name, but it's a particular shot. 
um, that will protect if any kind of outbreaks were to happen. And they wanted to know if any of the firefighters were allergic to the ingredients that were in this shot. And I was just like, why is why is this coming out now? Like, why? Somebody knows something and they're just covering themselves, you know, for when, when it does happen or if it does happen. But somebody knows something. So in the back of my head, I was, I was kind of always prepared for something crazy like this. I didn't think it would be to this degree, though. Uh, this is a, this is a bit insane. The coronavirus is going, it's going crazy. Right, right, and it's like, it's almost like, um, as you were saying, art imitates life. Um, it's crazy that all of this has been going on, and you see all these types of TV shows and the media and all these like uh, epidemics that go on on these shows and stuff. And it's like you get here and like no one's prepared for this. The country's not exactly for this. everything. That's just, what's like, falls really crazy. And crumbles, but it's like all these years, this is at the forefront of people's minds. But oh, right. what actually happens, the infrastructure is not ready for it. That's cra- it's crazy to me. And you know what? I, me, and I don't want to get into like crazy theories or nothing but like i said somebody knew and maybe this was a part of the agenda maybe it was part of the agenda for it to appear as though we weren't prepared for this um just for population control or for, for whatever the case might have been or to to, to, to help um oof, excuse me that's neat. <laughs> excuse me or to help um pharmaceutical industries get ahead you know now people are investing in these pharmaceutical companies um, for them to find the cure. So maybe maybe that was a part of the agenda the whole time. And I don't want to get, like I said, I, we don't got to get too much into conspiracy theories, but it's, it's food for thought. It's something to keep in the back of your head. Like, I don't think people are as ill-informed as we might think. Mm. Eh, that might be a stretch, but you never know. Mm. You never know. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, and that's the crazy part. Like it's, it's no no way of really knowing, you know. Just just ideas, though. Just ideas. Mm. Um, have you personally had any encounters with the virus in the field? Uh, yes. So um, whenever we're dispatched to a to an incident, whether it be as simple something as simple as um, an automatic alarm in a, in a household. Um, the, the dispatching company will notify us if there has been uh, reports of the coronavirus being present there. Um, but in general, in general, we've just been taking extra precautions um, toward not getting infected, you know, because although, you know, although dispatch is doing an awesome job of notifying us, if, you know, the coronavirus is present there, sometimes they might know. Sometimes the the carriers of the virus might not know, you know, right. because symptoms aren't present. So you still have to be extra precautious, you know, when when responding to simple incidents, whether it be a motor vehicle accident, whether it be a, a CO2 alarm, whether it be an actual fire, it's precautions that need to be taken. Right. Um, what are these precautions look like um, as far as the fire department? Because when it comes so, to, like, emergencies, right, you're wearing all that um, heavy equipment and gear and stuff. But I'm assuming there's also times where you just respond to incidents um, where you're not wearing all that, correct? Right. So we try to, um, so if, if we are um, wearing our gear, we try to keep our gear uh, decontaminated at all times. So we're taking extra precaution, you know, if we think we've come in contact with somebody washing off our gear and, you know, getting that out the way. 
Um, in addition to that, the, the the apparatuses are fully stocked with uh, rubber gloves and um, and uh, and masks. Mm-hmm. We try to maintain a safe distance from you know from people in general. You know, we're trying to hold, uphold the six foot rule as as much as we possibly can, um, and keep like person to person contact you know to a minimum, even amongst ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. even amongst ourselves. So. Uh, there have been, you know, um, a handful of firefighters who have come down with the virus, um, and, and and firehouses could be contaminated, and other people could be getting it without knowing, and and, and so on and so forth. So we're we're even we're even taking that extra step toward uh, toward uh, social distancing amongst ourselves. Right. Have you had um, other members at your particular station that have been um, affected by it? No, no. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and thankfully, right. Have you had any instances where you've been in need of more personal uh, protective equipment, or you've been well stocked on? For the most part, we've been we've been really well stocked um, with with everything from from hand hand sanitizer to disinfecting spray to to gloves to rubber masks. The city has done a uh, a pretty swell job of uh, providing that to us. We even have um, uh, Tyvek suits, which is a specific specific material for like deconning. So they're just they're just suits that you put on. You're fully encapsulated in the suits, and um, it's supposed to prevent the spread of the virus. They're disposable, so you throw them away once you're done operating. So we have we have all of that gear uh, readily available in the station and on the apparatus. Gotcha, gotcha. That's good. Um. How would you say things have changed in your day-to-day since the pandemic has struck as far as going into work? You know what? And ironically, I, I, I kind of had this conversation with my, with my dad the other day. So my little sisters are, I have two younger sisters. They're in here going crazy because they can't get their hair done and their nails done. And mm-hmm. they, want, they want to go outside. And we're just laughing like, like we haven't experienced, you know, any changes. You know, my... It, Prior to the pandemic, you know, I've been a relative homebody and I stay in the house for the most part. Um, so in that regard, it hasn't changed. The lockdown hasn't been terrible, but being extra cautious with, with you know, um, when, when I do go outside, you know, whether it be to the supermarket or not being able to go to the gym, that's been kind of big. Um, you know, just making sure I have a mask always, always um, and gloves. It's been kind of a big thing, but other than that, um, in my day to day, not not much has changed. Honestly, I still sit in the house for the most part, and I'm I'm playing video games. Mm. But I I think that uh, even even uh, when it goes beyond this this immediate danger of the virus, you know, it's going to be a lifestyle change for everyone. You know, everyone's going to be more cautious when it comes to uh, coming in contact with others and so on and so forth um hygiene is probably going to be like a big thing washing your hands all the time all those things are going to come into effect more after this pandemic settles but um that's about it right all right um have there been any changes or like any crazy calls that you've had to now respond to or are some of the things starting to get a little um a lot crazier in the work area things so ironically, I, I thought that it would, 
um, just with people being home all day, you know, kids being home, they're, they're not in school. They could be playing around the stove area right. um, and so on and so forth. But it, it hasn't been crazy. Uh, we've been getting a lot more calls from EMS to assist them hmm. um, with, with, with different things just because they're so preoccupied. Right. Um, but other than that, you know, calls haven't been too crazy. Um, I, 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 not as crazy as I thought they would be. At the very least, you know. Right. What are some of the um, uh, things that you've had to assist EMS with? Or uh, um, so usually it's 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 lifting patients um, and getting them into the EMS vehicle. Mm. Um, they'll uh, occasionally call us uh, for decontamination of one of their one of their apparatuses. Um, but that's that's kind of it. It's usually lifting, uh, deconning, and so on and so forth. So there's been more um, collaboration with uh, the other first responders as far as... Yes, got- yes, without a doubt. Yeah, because I was, I was reading a story um, about some of what the EMS workers are going through on the shifts that they're pulling in. Um, oh, they're ridiculous. And stuff. So it's good to see yeah. that amongst the different entities, there's a lot of support with one another. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, they're working ridiculous hours. Um, I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure the city of Newark has employed uh, has, has done some outside employment in different uh, states mm-hmm. um, to assist with this, just because you know the, the city of Newark in particular um, is a relatively hot zone for for the, for the virus. Right, right, especially being right outside of NYC. Right. Um, have has there been any changes to any of the fire departments? I know, like in I believe Jersey City, there's they had to convert one of the firehouses to like a testing center um, for the coronavirus. Has there been anything like that that's been going on um, in Newark? No, no, um, no firehouses have been. All firehouses are currently still um, manned 100 percent mm. um, for the most part. UMDNJ, I, I believe. Well, well, UMDNJ is taking a lot of the testing. Um, there's a, there's a first responder testing site. Um, it's like a drive-through testing site in Weekway Park. Um, but other than that, there's been no changes to the firehouses. Gotcha. And what's your has your work schedule been relatively the same? Are you working different um, hours? So yeah, I've been I've been working a bit more. Um, to help with deconning, so occasionally uh, I'll get the call to uh, to come in and uh, assist with, with the deconning of police cruisers and uh, EMS apparatuses. Mm. Um, and then there's a bit of overtime going around, just because you know guys are getting sick and or they're, they're not even getting sick. I don't want to say getting sick per se, but they're, they're being precautious right, and they're, they're going about the self-isolation. Right. So they've been self-isolating themselves just, just you know, out of fear that they might have become contaminated. Um, so that's led to uh, somewhat of a short-staffedness in the field. Mm-hmm. So there's been a bit of overtime going around. Firefighters don't usually get, well, firefighters in the city of North don't usually get overtime. But um, other than that, everything's been swell. Okay. My work schedule has been the same for the most part. Got you, got you. Well, wanted to thank you for your service, Mr. Marquise. Oh, 
No problem. No problem. Again, this is for the city. This is something I love, man. This is something I love. Um, and just wanted to check in with you. How as outside of working all that, how you've been holding up? Everything's been good. And yeah, I've been good. Um, I have, I believe, one family member who came down with the virus. Unfortunately, my uncle did. Um, but he's making he's making significant strides in in combating the virus. Um, I believe he he's he made progress within the last week to remove himself from the um, the ventilator. So praise praise to him. Um, my prayers still are with him. I'm sure he'll get through it. Um, but other than that, uh, everybody's been good. Thankfully, thankfully, thankfully. And ironically, that's what matters. My fault. Um, ironically, you know, I, I, myself being an essential worker, my mother's an essential worker, <laughs> my sister's an essential worker, uh, my dad's, of course, retired, and my younger sister, she's in school. So with us being all essential worker, um, it, 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 it's truly a blessing that, you know, nobody has has come down with it. Mm-hmm. In my direct household, that is. Right. So it runs in the family, you know, working for the family. Yeah, yeah, we're just, you know, essential workers. Mm-hmm. Right, essential right. Work. Um, is there anything else you want to say to the people before we get out of here no no um, that's it everybody um, stay safe out there Um, that's all I got stay safe man stay in the house stay in the house it ain't ain't worth it whatever it is that you were thinking about doing it ain't worth it man it's this this virus is it, it's something serious. It's not to be slept on. And while the argument can be made that there have been worse pandemics in the past, whatever the flu is taking more lives, whatever the whatever the argument is, it's no reason to to toy around with this because this virus is is taking lives. So right, because we don't want it to get to the point where it's like the worst. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Do what and you and can we're we're just things. enabling it. And, and this weather is not helping at all. This, this, this nice weather is not time for you guys to go outside. Mm. <laughs> stay, stay in the house. Right. I don't want to see no, no cookouts. I don't right. care. All right. But, well, you guys um, have heard it from your local firefighter. This has been another episode of the 2BD Podcast. Stay safe and do what you can to get by. I'm your host, Royal Thomas. And that was Marquise Lester. Y'all have a great one.